For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello there folks and welcome to what is the final Shetty cast of the season. It's finally over. A long old hard slug of a season ended with a successful and pretty emotional night in Stockholm back here in Manchester too. Um, just before we get started, um, before we make the introductions, just want to say a couple of words. Uh, thoughts of everyone from StrettyNews.com and the guys here on the uh, Stretty cast. Uh, is, we were the victims of uh, the attack on Monday night. And with the families of the victims and um, those who did survive and were caught up in the attack as well. And I just want to say a wonderful example set by the City of Manchester and how to respond to such events. Uh, I thought everybody was big hearted, generous and willing to help at a moment's notice. For a real credit to the city and a figure example for everybody else to follow whenever any coward tries to do anything like this again. Um, so I just wanted to say that because um, we couldn't not talk about last night's game and not mention what happened on Monday um, because in a way I felt like the whole city was sort of behind on that one. Uh, but anyway, in terms of the show tonight, we've got a packed show. We'll be looking back on United's first ever Europa League title. And the season as a whole. We'll be wondering how successful it's really been. Who have been the standout performers? What were the best threats of the season? Is there cause to be optimistic for next season? Joining me on the pod this week, as always, is first of all Johnny Brook. How are you doing, Johnny? Um, fine and well today, so fine and well. Indeed, indeed. It's a beautiful day. And uh, Philip Morrissey. Phil, how are you? The sun is shining. Uh, birds are singing. Everything's uh, going good. Uh, we will start with Wednesday night's victory in Stockholm. Um, United sealing their, I'm going to say, second proper trophy of the season, only because I view the Community Shield glibly as some sort of glorified pre-season friendly. But uh, nevertheless, second major trophy of the season, their third in the last 12 months, and Champions League qualification by beating Ajax two goals to nil. Uh, Paul Pogba capping off a more than respectable return to the club with a deflected goal. 18 minutes in and a arguably a man of the match performance to go with it and then three minutes after the restart Henrik Mkhitaryan bagging his sixth goal of the competition with a lovely little overhead flick uh, to double United's lead and after that United saw out the game extremely comfortably against a rather inexperienced Ajax team um, Phil first of all just tell us your thoughts on United's performance as a whole it was it was just case of uh, starting strong uh, building a base getting a goal and just making sure that they didn't do anything stupid that they weren't going to let it sleep except uh, by any stretch of imagination this was the game for the last four weeks they've been looking towards and winning 
I don't think there was any chance of Ajax winning that game last night. No. I mean, how do you feel um, Mourinho managed that game? Because if you look at the stats, if you were to just say remove the score, and you were to just look at stats, the stats don't tell the whole story. United had far less possession, 31% possession. You had less, technically less shots on goal, although I'm very, very... Um, I think a lot of those shots that Ajax had were rather wild. It was like 17 shots to seven to Ajax. Um, Ajax had more corners. Um, but I never thought, and I was just saying this to Johnny before we uh, started recording, but we never looked anything less than very, very comfortable in that game. To me. Like, I, I'd like to know that were for possession in the final third for Ajax. And the actual shots on target that they actually had. I can't, I remember maybe there was that snapshot by um, that uh, goal that uh, Sergio Romero got on and he's uh, near post and there was one or two towards the end when the game was drifting towards a conclusion. I can't remember making any other saves other than that and I can't really remember any other opportunity where they got beyond the um, where they got at the back four and beyond the back four. No, I mean it's just three shots on target. But like I said, I do wonder what they were counting the shots on on target. Um, who do you feel were the was was the were the standout performers? Definitely the uh, midfield three um, between Herrera. Uh, Pogba and Fellaini they just the physicality of all three of them the the chasing back the hiring the tackling but intelligent tackling um, closing down yeah. space um, they it was they shall not pass type scenario um, have you um, seen the footage of Herrera's intervention just before the second last night yeah I mean uh, just that in itself regardless of everything else the lad did just to have that sort of game management it's like hang on there's absolutely no use me being in the box if it drops to me I know I'm not that lethal you get yourself in there lad winners the game yeah I'm, exactly I'm not gonna... it happens it's but yeah, I think just to sort of back up what you're saying there, it's I don't think there was a bad performance from anyone, but the midfield three and the way that they approached protecting the back four, Harry in the middle and getting forward as and when required to sort of turn our limited possession into a territorial threat, they were incredible throughout. Because a lot of uh, a lot of commentators were <clears throat> bemoaning the presence of Fellaini in the team, saying that it was just grunt ball, basically um, Mourinho using a big, big awkward guy just to knock balls down and just to push people around. There was there was a lot more to him than that, though. Yeah, I mean, I can see why people say that because he is. We've said this before a few times, and unfortunately, that's that's the lad's skill set. He's basically uses strength to just sort of turn over possession in United's favour, and then that five or ten yard pass to 
a more talented colleague that will then do something dangerous with it. But it might be an ugly set of skills, but it's a vital set of skills to have when you've got these of options around him that just need the ball quickly so that they can do the things that they're blessed with the skills to do. So from that angle, he is a worthwhile cog in what's been a successful machine. It's just that in his own right, he has the presence to be occasionally annoying. Do you think um, Do you think Ajax tactically showed naivety in their approach last night? Yeah. They were... They were extremely naive. I expected that they might change you their game thought a little so. bit. Yeah. Knowing, well, I mean, well, no, I didn't actually, because I did predict that this game, that game played out exactly, and I said this just before we, we came on, exactly how I predicted it would play out. I said we'd been 2-0. I said it would largely go the same way that the uh, champ, 2010 Champions League final did, Inter and Bayern. Um, I felt Ajax had a team that was set up to be beaten by a Jose Mourinho team in a final, and so it proved to be. I um, I know the problem is it's not that the fact that those Ajax players were young, but actually, if you look at the number of those Ajax players that played more than fifteen games last season, I think there was only four of them. So it's not the youth; it's the inexperience. You look at Tottenham Hotspur; they're a young side, but there are there are a lot of young players in many many games under their belts. It's not a big deal. I mean, you look at the Manchester United team, you look at people like Marcus Rashford. He's got a, you know, he, he came in in the second half of last season and made, forced his way into being a regular he's, a regular player. He's probably approaching uh, 50 appearances now at this stage, isn't he? Yes, I, w- I would have thought so. And, and, and that sort of stuff is important to being able to deliver, deliver on the big stage. I mean, Paul Pogba's only 23. But he's played many, many games at the highest level. He's played in the Champions League final before. So experience, it's not simply about age, it's about number of games. And there wasn't enough of those Ajax players that have played enough games. Um, I, I think in experience yeah. and a manager as well. You could, um, you could definitely see. I think he should have seen very early he on. Could have, he could have identified that earlier on and um, adjust the things accordingly yeah. to, to counteract what United were doing to maybe... Um, to, to get players around Fellaini to uh, to get whatever breaking ball that he was knocking down to um, yeah to maybe harass him to maybe get him kind of riled up none of that happened no how do you feel how do you feel Phil, that the players mentally handled themselves considering what had gone on uh, obviously on Monday night but obviously if you think about Paul Pogba as well and what happened with his dad um not you know only a week or so before this game how do you feel those they guys were incredibly focused they knew they obviously some of them would have um i think there was quote saying that uh, some of the staff or some of our friends had been at that concert on monday night so or they would have been in around the arena area around that time so uh, they would have known quite a lot of people caught up in it. And growing up in the city, living in the city, being for this club, you can't help not be in the whole affair as well. Um, if they they knew they had a job to, to play in this game. They knew, but more so, to actually 
represent their town, represent their city, yeah. represent their the people that live here, the people that um, support the club. So they yeah. knew we have to bring this home. I think that's it. The main thing for me is that they took pride in having the chance to give the city something to enjoy. Because that pressure could have been... It could have been overwhelming. It, it could have been, and it could have had such a rabbit-in-the-headlights impact on them individually, collectively, that they could have just completely understandably, because, you know, forget what they are as professionals. At the end of the day, they're human beings that live in a city that's been devastated by a senseless attack as it was. So, you know, from that angle it would have been completely understandable if they'd each just failed miserably to deliver anything last night. But pride they took in knowing that this was their chance, that nothing can ever fix what happened on Monday. But if they can just give people that temporary boost that shows them that, you know, there is at least this to uh, enjoy. There was talk about... seized on that. There was talked about the game being postponed, but Mourinho said, "No, we we have to, we, yeah. have, to, we have to play this. Like we have to get it well, out of our system." This, this is that awful scenario because it's like, you know, you don't want the kind of people that are carrying out Monday's attack to feel that they can have that big an influence on the world in doing what they do. But at yeah. the same time, as you say, just from a you know, having a soul perspective to, to play in a game so soon after, you know, your heart and mind, it's not really all that focused on something that, you know, in the overall context of what's happened, football's nothing. Because we saw this earlier on in the um, the Champions League campaign with Borussia Dortmund, what happened. Yeah. And they were completely, they were shell-shocked, obviously, yeah. uh, that I don't think that game should have gone ahead on that. No, I think that I, I thought at the time that that was very cruel on Dortmund because they just they just got bamboozled into a game that they were in no fit state to play, and obviously the result went accordingly. It was an appalling decision by UA for that. It was yeah. one for oh, yeah. in my mind for nothing more than money, um, nothing new there. Um, just a, a couple of other stats to pick out from last night's game. So that was United's 42nd uh, major trophy, I believe. So now they are yeah. officially the most successful club in English football in history. Um, puts us one ahead of Liverpool now. Uh, but it also put us in a very elite band of, band of clubs, which includes AC Milan, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Ajax, Chelsea. We now join that, that group as the only clubs who have won every major European trophy. And I, I don't know, maybe if you say international trophy, there might be a couple of South American teams in there, possibly Boca or River or some of the big Brazilian clubs. Someone may have to find that out. I believe, uh, so the European I, clubs, I believe AC Milan, Bayern Munich, or maybe somebody else are the only European teams to win every European honour plus international honours as well. As in the world. We've not done that. We, we, joined that world that, club. We, we joined that club. Yeah. yeah, so that is that's quite an incredible achievement. Well, I think it was the stat last night that Carrick and Rooney have now won 
every medal that it is possible for them to win as footballers at this time. If you don't win, yeah, I mean that would be sort of every domestic honour that it's within their remit to win. They each now have a medal for every occasion. Absolutely. Um, actually, quick quick word on that, uh, Phil. Johnny's just mentioned Carrick and Rooney. Do we think that was, that last night was be the last time that we'll we'll see them in United shirts? Um, yeah, do you, um, there was news coming through early on that uh, Rooney is going to consider his future giving um, giving his uh, playing the I suppose he was he was saying he has to look at the playing side of affairs rather than the emotional attachment to whatever club he is at at the moment. Yeah. He said he said that he wouldn't play for another Premiership team other than the two teams that he's already played for. So if he was if he was to leave United to go to another English club, it would only be Everton. Um, he's he said he got a, he said he's received a number of of offers from teams both in England and abroad. It doesn't say what country they've been, whether it's been China, whether it's been America, whether it's been European clubs. But he just said that he's he's exploring his option. He's exploring his options at the moment. I think... imagine maybe sorry maybe a couple of the uh, wealthy Arabian golf clubs as well. Saudi Arabia, Qatar. Um, obviously, so obviously, with him being left out for the last couple of England squads, uh, including yeah. this one's today, um, is it a question of does he see his future going ahead? Can he actually get in back into that England squad if he is going to foreign field? Obviously, if he oh. was playing in Europe, that would. Uh, perhaps give him more impetus to, to get it back into the squad. But if he was playing in the States or playing in China, or as you said, uh, for one of the clubs in the Middle East, I certainly can't see him get back anytime soon. And I think the timing of his introduction into the game last night pretty much summed up the fact that that is the last time we'll see him in the United shirt. Because Mourinho's too focused on victory to waste time making a substitution to bring an attacking option on. You know, if, if Rooney's four years younger and actually performing at a level where he's making a difference, he either starts that game or he remains on the bench and it's somebody like Fosu Mensah that comes on just to play that final couple of minutes out. So for me at least, it just felt like, you know, just get out there have that one last beyond the pitch among the lads when that whistle blows and just enjoy an incredible achievement that you've played a considerable part in. Because to be fair to him, particularly during the home games of like the group stage of the Europa League, he was quite a, a key asset. He really did, during some of those games, make quite a significant difference so he deserved his little run out in the final just to sort of play some part in it but just feel like given the way the last few months have gone for how his role in the team has been yeah it feels to me that 
they're trying to find sort of a a timing to announce it that rather than just say, well, he's off and then leave it a fortnight for him to find somewhere new. They're waiting until he's actually finalised his move to say, thanks for everything, Wayne. Been a pleasure. I feel like that could be used to describe Rooney or Carrick's situation, to be fair. Um, but we will move on, uh, Johnny. We'll have a look at the season overall. Two major trophies this season. If you want to cut Community Shield as uh, Jose was keen to do holding up the three fingers that it's free um, which is great for David Moyes because it means he can put something on his CV at last sixth place which is great but an improved points total from last season uh, has been well the top six certainly much stronger than they were patchy performances but delivering in some games uh, first of all Johnny if you were to grade United's season, and we'll use we'll use the uh, we'll use the British grading system of A star to F. Yeah. Um, how would you grade this season for Manchester um, United? I'd go for a B minus. Oh, I like that. It says good, but could do better. Should do better. Well, because that pretty much for me at least sums up pretty much the home games. Because away we don't seem to have been as bad. But at home, the amount of times where we have played, to some extent, and when I say this in terms of like chances created rather than with movement and swagger, but we've been more effective at dominating sides, creating chances, and getting into a position where we can coast through a game. We've done that better than at any point in like the last three or four seasons. But we have just game after game after game found exciting new ways to just not win. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Finding exciting new ways to not win. I like that. Phil, were there any standout players for you this season? Who would you, I mean? Um, who would you say was your player of the year? Uh, up until. Up until probably February or March, I would have said probably most people would have agreed that's Latin Ibrahimovic um, in terms of his impact, in terms of the goals that he scored, in terms of the important goals that he got, um, was probably a nailed on surf for um, player of the year. Unfortunately, he's, some of the performances towards the end tailed off in terms of um, he seemed to be he seemed to be running out of steam in quite a lot of games. Um, he seemed some of the chances that you would have expected him to score were being snatched at, and then obviously he had that almost that almost career-threatening injury um, against against Anderlecht. So that kind of did for him. Uh, away from him, probably Ander Herrera. He's um, he's. He's in the line to become the next United captain in my eyes. Mm, that's that's interesting. Um, I think he's your player of the season as well, isn't he, Johnny? Um, yeah, by a distance for me. Love the boy. I'm gonna be contrarian to say. Um, I'm gonna say Valencia just to be. But either or Herrera Valencia, it's a bit of a toss up. I think. It? Do you know? I... I'm trying to work Valencia out because I know that I love him and I know that I rate him so much for how far he's come under Mourinho. 
but I can't understand it. It's like he's one footed, he can't kick a moving ball, he needs four touches before he'll play a sideways pass, and he sees defenders as full backs, sorry, full backs as kidney stones because he just cannot pass them. But yeah, but the... he, he has done that this season. He's landed more successful crosses than almost any other player in the Premier League. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's, for some reason, I just only have flashbacks of these times where he's been put behind and he's managed to hit a cross that's gone like four yards behind the guy on the near post, four yards above the guy at the far post and just being chased by the left back to try and keep it in to start again 40 yard out. I have some weird mental issue on that that's stopping me seeing exactly what happens. He did seem to have that kind of uh, image of just running straight at the yeah. opposition fullback and conceding a foul about yeah. 40 times in the game. I mean, it's like I say, I, I genuinely do love him and I think that as a right back he has been incredible and this is what I can't seem to get my head around is the fact that I love him and think we would ever be lost if he were to suffer any kind of significant injury but at the same time I can't place what it is that he does that makes me love him as much as I do it's just peculiar I mean I, I will appreciate until this season he has been rubbish for about three years nevertheless um Johnny, any sort of standout matches for you that we've been involved in this season? Quite a few. I think Chelsea at home is going to be sort of domestically the one that really ticks it for me. That that in terms of just application of sort of Mourinho's vision of how to approach a game, that seems to be the one way it was like boom, everything's looking rather impressive and beautiful. But apart from that, there was something about Palace away that seemed typical United because rough decisions, silly equaliser conceded, game playing out, really, really needed to turn all this possession into a late winner and it's one of the few games this season where we actually managed to deliver and do that. So... Yeah, they're sort of the two that hit all the good bits for me. Would you say a bit of B minus? Do you think there are many reasons to be optimistic going into next season? I, I think so, yeah. Because, I mean, I'd never have thought for a second that some of the most sensible words on United I'd ever hear will come from Danny Murphy. But he pretty much nailed it in terms of the amount of games where we have absolutely boss teams and just played like it's a 3-4-0 win and just somehow managed to spurn chance after chance after chance and walked away with a one-all draw. There are going to be changes this summer in terms of players departing, players coming in. You've got to look at these things and think that, you know, the style in which we play the game, I think it has improved a lot this season and will improve further. And again, you look at that league table and if just, I think, five of the home games that we've absolutely dominated one all have been won, 
again, we're still significantly behind Chelsea, but this whole finishing sixth thing would be ridiculous because we'd have been so far clear of that that it would have been quite funny. So it's tiny, tiny, tiny things that will be the difference. And I just think he's got his first season out of the way. He's got two trophies. He's got us back in the all-important Champions League that the club and all the commercial shit that comes with it needed us to do. A lot of the monkeys that were on his back have been taken care of by this season. So I just think in terms of his approach towards the job, he's now got a lot more scope to do as he needs to do with his staff, with the way that he wants United to approach the various competitions that are in. Yeah, I have a strong, strong feeling that if the summer's handled right, which they seem to improve year on year since Gill left, then, yeah, I think there's quite a bit to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time last night to see Mourinho smile. I mean, he was saying in the post-match interview, you know, he's found this to be probably his most difficult season. Um, If he thinks, you know, we've had a lot of difficulty watching it. Um, I think 65 games United played this season, which is a staggering amount. When you think about that, um, I mean, while I don't appreciate the fact that we essentially just threw some of those league games, I wonder if it's it's not just simply not possible to win the Europa League and try and win the league this in in the same season because of the way that weird Thursday night thing works. I always think that would have been on a Tuesday night. It would be much easier. I think that's pretty much Um, exactly what Murphy mentioned this is. He says... What you've got to bear in mind on top of anything else, he says, it's only when you've played the game that you can understand how big of an impact that Thursday-Sunday thing is. Because he says, you just can't do it. He says, the struggle to do that is massive. And for United to have spent their entire season doing it, it explains a lot. Particularly when you're flying back from places like uh, Ukraine and Russia and Turkey and destinations like that. It's Again, never talking. even thought of that, but it's a very, very valid point, to be fair. Yeah, uh, no no description to that here. Uh, Phil, in terms of next season, I mean, surely the aim has got to be to try and win the league. That's got to be number one priority, is winning back the Premier League. Um, what winning, mean, winning back the league, winning back the league, and certainly progression to latter stages of the Champions League as well. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, in terms of, you know, where is it in terms of players that are needed? I, we all expect money's going to be spent this summer. This Griezmann thing really seems to be picking up a hell yeah. of steam now. He's essentially said he wants to leave. Phil. So, I mean, where is it you think United urgently need surgery, so to speak? Because actually, one thing I didn't mention is that another thing I picked up on last night, I think we've seen the last of Phil Jones at Manchester United as well. The fact that he didn't play, that says to me he's probably done. But where, where, would you, where would you be buying in? Well, there was an interesting stat that came back from the Premier League at last from last weekend. Um, Spurs were the only side in the top six, I believe, that had three players that got above 20 goals in the case of Harry Kane, in the case of Deli Ali, in the case of uh, Son. 
we need more of a spread of goals. We need a greater spread of goals. We need we need somebody that can just get the 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 horrible two yard tappings. A rude. You're asking for a rude Van Nistelrooy here, aren't you? You don't go on trees. Anything in this world for that man. Do you, do you think? Do you think Greens, Griezmann will be will 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 improve the squad in a way that's needed? It depends on where he's played. If he's played on his own up front, yeah. um, I think if Mourinho wishes to to go with a player that is going to play. On his own, up front, bring other people around him into play. You're better off going for somebody like Morata. Has he not agreed to be able to go back to Italy yeah. today, though? There was there was uh, there was talk about going back to AC Milan. Milan. Yeah, for sixty million. But that uh, Juventus. Yeah, uh, AC they, Milan. They were bought out fairly recently, so they're. Um, the yeah, full of Wanga. Even though they're not actually going to be playing in Europe next year. Yeah. I would have felt it would be more likely he would have go back to Juventus. Uh, but then again, I, I'm not sure Juventus are actually going to be selling yeah, No, I think uh, Juventus have a, an embarrassment of riches up front at the moment as well between uh, Mandzukic and Diabla and guys like that. So. Hmm, it's going to be interesting. I'd say United probably need a left-back Another centre half. You certainly need a midfielder as well, if not a couple of midfielders. Um, I'd like to see a couple more of these young lads bloodied a bit more. I think Tons Bay and Fossey Mentor, they've shown us some. They've shown us in the last couple of years that they've actually got something to come and play at this level. So the other thing as well is the goalkeeper. Just before we, because uh, time's closing in, and we need to wrap up. But the the other the major one is the goalkeeper situation. I mean, we all kind of expect that De Gea is probably going to go. However much that will be, we don't know yet. But um, would you go out and get another goalkeeper, Phil, if you were in the, uh, the situation that United are in? Well, all the talk is about uh, Jack Butland. Is he really what we need? Wouldn't Pickford be a he better He would be for me. I think so. He's got that. More, he's got more experience anyway. If you remember. I think he's a yeah. better goalkeeper. Oh, he is. I mean, you look, I mean, just take that performance at Old Trafford against United into account. 3-1, but that's genuinely one of those games that could have been on the 6-7-8-9 if not for him. And I think the the only thing that I'd be slightly nervous of with Pickford is almost like that Ben Foster scenario where Foster looks incredible at Watford where he had to be on his toes for 90 minutes but as soon as he got to United where the concentration levels yeah and he looked so out of his depth from like minute one that you never quite know but certainly Pickford on the face of things for me I think to be fair either one is a great keeping option either one would be a keeper that wouldn't panic me but yeah, I, just, I, it's not just about the agility, it's that mental awareness to deal with what, not just being a goalkeeper, but the United goalkeeper. Because you look at De Gea during his evolution at United, and it's been, you know, it's the fact that he is, as the saying goes, someone who can do both. 
he can keep you in games where you're being absolutely dominated and he can pull out of the bag that unbelievable moment when we've been on top for 90 minutes, get caught on a counter and suddenly he's done unbelievable things that have kept us in the lead. So it's just... Compared to his first season where he was like a kitten trying to catch a butterfly. Yeah. I mean, when you look at how he's evolved from sort of the raw potential that came in to the complete article that he is now. I mean, I'm not saying that is a bad keeper, but for me, he's just not as good as Dave. Dave is... Like I say, he's, he's the one who can do everything. His distribution's incredible. His handling's superb. Positioning, reflectors, read-off. Yeah, but... Uh... Sorry, has he honestly actually been that good this season? I don't think he has. This season has has been sort of not exactly a full-on slump, but certainly less impressive. I mean, you look at the first home draw that started this madness. Stoke offered absolutely nothing. And it's a testimonial shot that he should have been able to catch with one hand and he somehow managed to just roll it straight out to Alan and suddenly again a game where you've had 18 shots on target you've gone away one all because he's he's dropped that clanger and I think like you say that's where a lot of us are getting this feeling that he's off because for a lot of the season it's like his mind's been somewhere else he was one of the the case then for all parties he needs to move on because Obviously, in all positions, if you're not fully focused, it shows. But, you know, if you're the glove wearer and you're not really 100% on it, then, yeah, it's it's a big, big, big issue. First off the bench to, uh, to start the uh, goal, though. It's just that, yeah, he didn't play in the last home game in the league, which makes you think that's probably it. But um, that is a matter that I'm sure will um, be brought to a conclusion over the summer. Uh, time... Time is up for this week and for this season, I'm afraid to say. It's been a long old hard slog, folks. Over 60 games, many of them have been endlessly and infinitely and utterly frustrating. Uh, But in the end, a pretty fun season. A couple of trophies in the bag. Uh, A great great away trip for the Reds at the end of the season. Um, Thank you to Phil and Johnny for joining me. Uh, over the course of the pretty much most of the, sort of the last third of the season as we brought this podcast back um, thanks to all of you for listening as well and uh, all the rest of the team at strictlynews.com we will be back uh, we will be back in August anyway uh, first first week, week of August to preview the season ahead um, and hopefully what will be an even more successful season than this season but until then folks enjoy your summer Podcast Network.